We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. AFC Championship Preview Bengals at Chiefs Sunday at 6.30. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? Not much. Uh, just, well, we got uh, two days for the listeners until game time, depending how many hours, depending on, depends on how, when you're listening. For us, it's about three days. It's almost exactly three days away. Uh, this will be like the end of the first quarter. <laughs> so it's it's hard to get through the last few days, right? Like I know I, I'm writing an article tonight and then I'm done for the next couple days, but yeah, it's close. And I do want to say, you never know how many of these things you get to. So like, I do want to enjoy yeah. win loss or quadruple overtime. I accidentally fall asleep this AFC championship game. Because, like, you don't know how many of these you get. Uh, what, Drew Brees, he went to two, three? Nick can vet that, hopefully, or I will. Um, but, yeah, the only ones I can remember is the one he won and the one that he lost on that um, – the call that made people review pass interference afterwards to the Rams. Uh, so, so like, really good teams. They, they don't always make these games as much as the Bengals have made it the past two years. So, like, I, I just want to enjoy this. And they won one of them, and that's always going to be in my memory as just an awesome sports experience. I got to see uh, – I'm a Cavaliers fan, so I got to see them win a championship, and that will always, you know, be with me. Uh, that, that was awesome. Hopefully I can get that with the Bengals. Hopefully we all can get that with the Bengals. But, yeah, it's just uh, – Breeze went to three. Okay, so he lost two of those bad boys. Um, but, yeah, I, I just enjoy it because you don't know how many of these you get. As awesome as the Bengals are, there could just be a bad, a stupid injury. There could be the team has a fluke loss. I mean, if Prochet somehow catches that Hail Mary and they lose in the first round, like that was possible, and it would have just been luck, and that just happened. Sometimes you need – like I said all year, basically, you need, need a little bit of luck. Like it doesn't make it a fluke run just because you had some luck go your way. That just means you're winning and, and that everybody needs it. You know, I, I mentioned, I think the last time I brought this up months ago, the Rams don't win that Super Bowl without luck. The what Jimmy Ward or was it Jaquiski Tart? I think it's Jaquiski Tart dropping the interception from Stafford. Uh, you've got the Donald miss block, the no call on Wilson. You've got in the Bengals on the other hand, had some luck with injuries and there are other things, I'm sure. Uh, uh, I guess, like, the Raiders play. Like, if they did rule them out of bounds, like, what does that change the game type thing? So you need a little bit of luck, and they've gotten it uh, two years in a row. It doesn't mean it's a fluke run. They're good enough, obviously. We watched them last week that they don't, like, they don't rely solely on luck. But you need a little bit to just sprinkle your way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's a little bit of luck and staying healthy um, in a lot of key positions. When you look at last year's playoff run and and where they're at right now, I feel like they're battling more injuries this year. They've just had people step up. Um, You know, when you you have number nine out there, this defense is what it is. You have Lou on the other side. And all your receivers coming back, getting Jamar Chase back was absolutely huge in December. Um, that that is extremely important, and, and we'll go to the offensive line right now. And I agree with you. You need to enjoy the moment. It's cool to be excited. Look, I know Kansas City gets to host a lot of these every year, and that's awesome credit to them. 
Uh, but Bengals fans should should love being right here in back-to-back years to get this other matchup with one of the top teams in the AFC because the Bengals are one of the top teams in the AFC. So we'll go to the offensive line. Bengals practice today. They'll have a light practice tomorrow and then a little walkthrough before they travel to Kansas City on Saturday. Game is on Sunday. And Alex Kappa. There was some news earlier this week on Wednesday that he was in the locker room. They didn't see him at practice during the media portion. For how that works, the media is allowed to be at the first part of practice. Then they have to leave. Uh, there was a period of time when they first enter practice and their cameras and video pictures, all of that is not allowed to be on, but they can report what is going on. And then practice is close to the media and the Bengals continue their practice. Most of the time you're watching stretching, nothing too crazy, uh, little warm-up drills when media is in that portion of practice. Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams, they weren't at practice on Wednesday, but in open locker room, the media saw Alex Kappa. He's not, he wasn't on a scooter. He was on his boot when he went to Buffalo. Now tape, there's tape around the ankle. And today on Thursday, as we're recording this, you're probably listening on a Friday morning. He was at practice. He didn't participate He was watching the O-line drills, and I think that's pretty big to see Alex Kappa just with his O-line out there, ankle taped, no more boots. You almost wish that they would get a little bit more time, um, but this would also probably hurt the Bengals' subterfuge. This is actually something that they should be a little bit, you know, not mentioning type thing, like the Hakeem Adenji versus Isaiah Prince thing. Like, I I am kind of at the point where I did think they were just trying to fool the, the Bills, but I'm also like, I don't know if they care. Uh, uh, but if you're talking Max Sharping versus Alex Kappa, they should care. Like that, that's a big difference. Like that, that is, um, that's pretty massive. Uh, Alex Kappa once played a game with a broken forearm. I'm just going to remind people of that. And he tried to play on a broken femur once. So if there's any chance he can go, I think he's going to go. Now, do the doctors clear him? I don't know. The Bengals doctors seem to lean slightly conservative on this type of thing. Uh, they don't want to rush them out there. They're certainly not dialed up. The slider maxed is the Dolphins, and they are not there. Uh, <laughs> well, at least the slider There's... maxed used to be the Dolphins. Now the Dolphins are forced to turn that down, but used to be. Um, but, yeah, I I think if there's a chance he goes, he goes. Um, and whether or not he can, you know, like, I think if he goes, he's going to go the whole game. I think adrenaline hits. every. You get cortisol shots. You get your smelling salts. You get all this stuff to amp you up. And, and so you don't even feel it afterwards. He's probably going to feel terrible. But you get if you win, you get two weeks till the Super Bowl. If you lose, hey, you got like six months. <laughs> so th- there's plenty of time to recover. This is a – if you can go, you're going. Everybody that can go should go in this do-or-die AFC championship. Like I said, you don't know how many chances you get at this. So you need to – try to win this Bengals have only ever been to three Super Bowls one in my lifetime a lot of teams have still never been to the Super Bowl you look at the Browns who have been around since football and they still haven't been to a Super Bowl so uh you gotta cherish these and you gotta try your hardest to get there I think anybody that can go will go it's kind of like you have nothing to hold back for in my opinion I, I guess like, yes, Kappa could re-aggravate it and then win this game and then miss a Super Bowl. But I just don't think you can have that mindset. I think you have to have the mindset of this is do or die. We cannot hold a player back. Like last week, you could hold a player back just because you have to play the next week if you win. Two weeks ago, especially you could hold a player back because you got two more games. Like it's still almost like season type thinking. Now I think you you basically have the bye week. So in my opinion, you don't hold anything back. If he can go, he'll go because I think he has insane pain tolerance and um, 
he's also an upgrade. Uh, he was, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman, definitely in pass protection. He can get some real movement in the run game, even if he doesn't always land at the second level. So to me, if he can go, he'll go. It's just up to the doctors to clear him. I wish we got an update. You know, he was curling the the towels. You know, mm -hmm. has he moved up? What What is the progress there? Like we know scooter to boot to tape. Is it towel to uh, a, a wet towel to like a bucket of water? Is he curling buckets of water with his ankle? No, and that is a great question. Uh, we do have mailbag questions we'll get to in the next segment. There was a lot of Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams conversation of what you do with your offensive line. And I agree with you. It's do or die right now. This is a huge game. You have Kansas City. And like Zach Taylor said, this is not about winning four in a row. It's about winning one more time in a row. And that's their main focus. On the road, it's it's loud in Arrowhead. They know that. Uh, when you have a guy who's very familiar with the playoffs and Alex Kappa and even Ted Karras, who was getting a little bit of treatment during that Bills game. He was wearing a brace today at practice, but he just powered through um, and having guys like that on your offensive line. And, and one of the biggest games that you've played in the biggest game that you've played in this season is extremely important when it comes to Jonah William. Look, it just, Steam Jonah Williams, it looks like there's no real new update that's kind of happening with him. So I wouldn't doubt that he's going to be more of a, hey, if they win this game, maybe he's good for the Super Bowl. But we have to keep telling people that if Jonah can go, Jonah's going to go. You yeah. saw Jackson Carmen in one game. Jonah has been out there, reps chemistry with this offensive line during the run when we weren't even talking about the offensive line. So don't get carried away by Jackson Carmen in one start. I know there's optimism. It's very exciting to see those highlights. He did a great job in the snow versus the Buffalo Bills. But this is a whole different matchup when you're going against a guy like Chris Jones. Um, th this D-line, it won't be easy to face with your offensive line and still having a couple backups out there, especially if Alex Kappa can't go. So if Jonah can go, he's going to go. Yeah. And the, it's funny, non-Bengals people are like, this is a discussion, <laughs> but in the Bengals, you know, like we're micro analyzing everything. Everything's under the microscope. So it's seeing that one game uh, that Jackson Carmen started and got the whole week to practice. And it was an upper echelon Jonah type game. It was like a good game, legitimately good. So like I can see the extrapolation and maybe you're tired of, you know, uh, Jonah, you know, because you have the mindset of Jonah getting beat to, you know, Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons and even Alex Highsmith and these good rushers. Carmen didn't really face that. Uh, so like it, it's not it's not like he shut down one of the league's best he didn't go against Von Miller and I think that does stick in people's minds seeing Jonah lose to like high-end talent to me Jonah's still the more consistent better option but Carmen showed he could step up I don't want to take anything away from that and if he has if he's called upon again this week I think you have a little bit of confidence about it I, I don't think you should think like Oh, he's going to shut him down. He's His floor is higher than what Jonah could give you. It's like, no, but <laughs> we've seen his floor be pretty bad before. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't want to downplay it too much. I, I have some confidence in his ability to start in this game. There's just a little bit of trepidation to go with it. And I'm sure we'll get to it in the mailbag about who I would start if Jonah could play, um, because that is a very common question. Um I just need you guys to stop saying he's trash and stuff because nice. he's, he's not terrible. I know he leads the league and sacks given up. That is one statistic that goes against him. That is also a very flawed statistic to do all your tackle evaluation from. Like I have mentioned repeatedly about Carmen in his two games, he's given up one sack. That sounds great, right? That's like nine sacks in a season. 
So that would put him right below Jonah as like the third most sacks given up in the league over two uh, over uh, an entire season. So just, just dial it back a little bit. And I also think Jonah played hurt a lot of the season with the dislocated kneecap. And I think that's also a little bit why he might not be able to go right now because one dislocated kneecap, maybe you could kind of put a little extra weight on the other leg and whatnot. Two dislocated kneecaps, you don't have either leg being very stable. So that needs to... Uh, that probably needs to fully heal. I've also never heard of somebody dislocating both kneecaps in one year. That's pretty insane. That's crazy for an offensive lineman um, and, and not encouraging. So we're hoping Jonah can get back out there soon. Again, no update on Jonah Williams right now. It's very quiet in uh, Zach Taylor's eyes when, when talking about the updates for the both of them right now. But little optimism that Alex Kappel was on the sideline at practice day just watching. He wasn't dressed or anything like that, but there is tape on the ankle versus the boot that he was wearing a couple of days ago. So these two teams, they don't like each other. They play each other pretty much four times in 12 months. It's division rivals almost, but worse. They just don't like each other. I love everything about it. Uh, the Burrow had talk. Mike Hilton, he had some fun. It's hard to not like Mike. I mean, even Mike Mike says it with a smile. He has a good time out there. He's like, hey, look, we're going to Arrowhead. My quarterback's name is Joe Burrow. It kind of went together. I loved it. Not a big deal. It wouldn't have bothered me if they called Paycor Stadium Patcor Stadium. Uh, but it can't be because because Patrick Mahomes doesn't win there. Uh, but, but, but overall, it, it's, I think it's kind of fun. And then today um, is another open locker room that they had in Kansas City. And linebacker uh, Willie Gay was asked if anything impresses him about the Bengals' offense, and he said nothing. Nothing. It's hilarious, though, because earlier in that interview, he's like, yeah, Coach Reed said, don't give him any bulletin board material. We're not going to trash talk. How do you feel about the, that offense? Nothing impresses me. <laughs> it's like, he, it's says, like, he says it into the mic. Nothing. I'm contractually obligated to say I'm not going to talk trash, but uh, here you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, it's not that bad. I no, think it's, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing like Reed. None of, none of, nothing that has been said is – the Justin Reed level of that guy's soft type talk. Like they haven't done that. I'm sure both teams are going to use a little bulletin board material, the burrow head, the nothing impresses us. It's like, it's very light. It's very, there's way worse things are going to be said on that field. So um, Willie Gay, Hey, if he could step up and well, was I think Bolton was the guy that got sent to the chalk zone by uh Samaj P run. I'm trying yeah, to remember which one. Yeah, um, neither linebacker played well in their first game, but they're both very athletic, and uh, they could. I don't know. I, <laughs> I think the I think the game plan is going to be to go at them. That's what it was in week thirteen. So they got to step up. And we'll see. But here's the thing: even the Justin Reed stuff, I feel like they're going to go back at Justin Reed again. I think it's just going to be like, look, because even I remember him tweeting after the game and, and still feeling the same way that he felt before the game, which is absolutely insane to say after you get beat. Uh, I, I love this rivalry that the two teams have. I mean, the biggest stage, you're going right back to Arrowhead. And uh, I think you could really quiet the crowd if you start to control the game. Obviously, we'll have previews and predictions later in the podcast. But I, I just love everything about the two of them. They just don't like each other. And uh they know, and, and Joe Burrow talked about it yesterday. He's like, look, we respect them. Um, you know, they're they're still the team to beat, and uh, we're coming for them. And I just – I just, I, I, the thing about it is we're recording this on a Thursday. This game is on a Sunday. They're playing the – I do not like the 6.30 kickoff. I want that 3.30 kickoff. Because how am I going to pay attention to these NFC games? 6.30 is fine to me. Why? Yeah. Well, I don't like 8. Like that, that's too late for an East coast kickoff. Cause you are, you wrap up at like 1130 and then we do a podcast until like one in the morning. That's true. 
That's true. Six, just, six, six thirty kickoff. We're wrapped up. You know, the game probably wraps up at like nine thirty, and then we're able to record it then. You know, get it actually get a full eight hours of sleep type situation. I like that more. <laughs> Selfishly, I, I six thirty is fine to me. I, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad kickoff time. I'd prefer the three thirty kick, but I always prefer it to go earlier. I don't mind watching Eagles 49ers. I think that game's gonna be awesome. Oh, um, it's gonna be amazing. Well, I'm excited. I hope so. I, I, there's a world where it's not. In my opinion, well, I don't know. Well, there's I, a I think, not when <laughs> the Bengals lose. Yeah. <laughs> I just mean there's a world where like. Never happened, but you know, Brock Purdy shows up like a rookie. And I, I, that like that could always happen to me. Like that's what I always keep thinking of. It's like does I don't think there's a world where the 49ers blow out the Eagles. Could happen, I guess. I don't know. It's the it's NFL. I wouldn't have said the Bengals could blow out the Bills last week. I was like, they could win. I don't know if they could blow them out. Um, and they did. So, but I, I think there is a world where the 49ers get blown out, but um, they also probably have like a 50% chance to win it this game. So I, I'm not going to say that Eagles are going to blow them out or anything. I'm hoping for a good game. That's all I'm saying. Hoping for a good game. There were plenty of Super Bowl questions. More look at the offensive line next when it's the mailbag segment on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is Thursday mailbag time. Thank you so much for sending your Twitter questions. Make sure you're following Bengals underscore stance at LMDS Patterson. We'll keep with that Super Bowl conversation. If, if the Cincinnati Bengals win, does that put Joe Burrow at QB number one? In the league. In the league? Yeah. Um, ugh, Bengals fans will hate me. I'm still going to go Mahomes. I, he's yeah. hurt. Like, th- I think that's the real thing here. It's like full strength. And I don't know if how much I care about QB wins head to head. Like four in a row is important. And I think it's worth noting. It's also worth noting that Burrow will probably have no MVPs and Mahomes is about to have his second. And, he did this all without Tyreek Hill in a year that I think a lot of people tried to write them off as like, well, I don't think they're going to finish first in their division. Not me. I was always in. Uh, you have Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. That offense was never going to be bad. I didn't know if it was going to be best in the league, but uh, I I thought it was going to be top five still. And I think they exceeded a lot of expectations. I If Burrow can put up some of the volume over the course of a season that Mahomes can do and win an MVP just one I think really I'll I'll enter I'll not entertain the conversation I think it's worth having the conversation because to me I think Joe Burrow is quarterback too I do too yeah um I just don't think he has the valleys of a Josh Allen and I'm not going to rank quarterbacks after that <laughs> it's Mahomes one Burrow two and oh uh, man I just realized I went back on Twitter I always say I'm not ranking my quarterbacks but I guess I just gave you the top two and you could probably figure out the third but um we're stopping there uh, yeah, I, to me, I, I think the quality of work that Patrick Mahomes has put in year in, year out, and volume and over the course of a season and doing it without his best weapon in a season, like this is basically Jamar Chase leaves and you still put up 5,000 yards in an MVP season. I think that's really impressive. 
Okay. I'm going to make this really quick because I want to get to more questions, but just to kind of bounce off what you said, I agree. I think Joe Burrow is number two, even if he wins a Super Bowl. But look, this is a great conversation to have. If it's Patrick Mahomes. Well, the Super Bowl is also a great comment. I'm sorry I, to interrupt you. You just brought up a good point. Yeah. Burrow still hasn't won the, the Super Bowl either. So if he wins both games. Yeah. If he wins both games, obviously that conversation is going to happen from February until kickoff in September. And look, if Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are getting compared to each other, I am totally game for that. That means my quarterback is doing the right thing. But I do want to add, and this is in, this is not going to be a popular opinion with you. I know you mentioned Tyreek Hill is not on the team. He is talented, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Don't forget, Patrick Mahomes has a pretty solid offensive line. He has a Hall of Fame tight end. He yeah. still has playmakers out there, and a lot of guys who have stepped up this season who I, you know you hear about even in the run game and some of their receivers. So I'm not going to downplay who he has as talented people when it comes to all pros, when it comes to Pro Bowls. And when it comes to the season, Patrick Mahomes is having. So I got to give, you know, the roster some credit too, even though he is Patrick Mahomes and he's a really good quarterback. There's no Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. Hey, let's just talk about how good these quarterbacks are and they're going to face each other. Um, but I agree. I think Joe Burrow is, is number two, even if he does win the Super Bowl, which isn't a bad yeah. place to be. You know that conversation is happening if, they win, if he wins the Super Bowl though, because we had to talk about Matt Stafford two two-time Pro Bowler. Does he make the Hall of Fame because of his Super Bowl win? And it was like, probably not. <laughs> and that wasn't the popular opinion right after the Super Bowl. It was like, yeah, duh, he won a Super Bowl, guys. It's like, yeah, no, I, I and look, that's a that I feel like the Patrick versus Joe is a is a fun conversation. Which again, we both feel the way we do. I think it's Patrick and Joe, no matter what. For now, for now, look, things could change um, in the in the next couple of years. Patrick did get his Super Bowl before the Joe Burrow time. Uh, we'll go to Alex. Which team do you think would match up better in the Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bengals if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs? It goes against my pick, but I think I'd rather play the 49ers. Yep. I think they have a worse offensive line, even though Trent Williams would go against Trey Hendrickson the entire time. That kind of sucks that the Bengals don't move Trey. because <laughs> Move him over McGlinchey, please. <laughs> but I, I just think they match up better. Um, and they both have monster defensive lines. I don't think that is one is better than the other really like you have a Nick Bosa for the 49ers the Eagles have more high-end quality like they don't have that dude but they've got Josh Sweat Fletcher Cox Javon Hargrave and Hassan Reddick so they've got like four dudes they're just not that dude Fred Warner I think you can get around linebackers like that if you're the Bengals personally but we'll see um they they they're both really good. I don't think either one is a team that I'd want the Bengals to play. Um, no. but that's the Super the Rams Bowl. Again? <laughs> yeah, that's the Super Bowl, though. You know, you're going to play them. I just think what it really comes down to is I think the Bengals defense can match the 49ers offense. They do a really good job stopping the run when they need to. And if you force Brock Purdy into drop back passing game, a lot of third and longs, I would give that advantage to the Bengals. But you got to get them into that. It's going to be a good on good matchup there. Um, Eagles also have a great run game, but they use their quarterback a lot in the run game. And I think that's something that Cincinnati would have to watch for because they haven't been the best. Have they keep giving up like one explosive, not to Josh Allen, but I remember Taysom Hill had an explosive. Mar Jackson had an explosive. Tyler Huntley had an explosive all from quarterback run game stuff. So that's what I'd be worried about is a little bit of quarterback run game from the Eagles. Um, and uh, the defense is about the same to me. Although actually the Eagles have better corners too. Like I, I'm not super worried about the wide receivers getting shut down, but slowed down. Yeah. I think the Eagles could theoretically do that. I agree. If the Bengals win, I think it's a 49ers for two reasons. Lou versus Brock. Um, I yep. love everything about it. I trust everything about it um, in a Super Bowl. 
And it's just the perfect, it's the perfect ending. I mean, you see these guys for the third time in a Super Bowl and Joe Burrow's able to pull that Lombardi home and beat the team that this team had trouble with in the 80s. Uh, a lot of us obviously don't remember. I don't know anything about that Super Bowl. But yeah, Apologies uh, to anybody over 50 if that's a Bengals fan, if the Bengals lose a third Super Bowl to the 49ers. I feel like that would just, I don't know what I would do. I would be like... I don't know. Taking down 49ers flags up in my neighborhood. We are not going to think about that right now. We are only focusing on champ. Even though we were we were just talking about the Super Bowl picks, um, but I agree. I think that's a better matchup. I don't want to lose to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, UK Cincinnati fan says if Patrick Mahomes isn't back to full mobility, and how does this oh, okay. defense really contain him? Oh, okay. Well, I think the thing is, if he doesn't have the full mobility like he didn't have in that Jaguars game, you don't really need to worry that much about containing him. Like, that's the fun part. You normally have to worry so much about keeping the cage around and keep him, you know, a box around the quarterback, taking away the rushing lanes. With If he can't run, you don't have to worry about that as much. You still have to be a little bit disciplined because he still moves in the pocket. It's not orthodox, but he still does it to avoid rush. He did a good job of that in the Jaguars game, I think. But you can let you could let Trey Hendrickson go a little wild, you know, like, Hey, try to win inside, try to, you know, you could run around the outside. Normally he tries to run through the tackle one because he's a maniac, but two, because it helps contain the quarterback. If you're driving the tackle back into him, when you're going inside, outside the quarterback can sometimes get away from that. If they're mobile, um, if Pat is not mo no mobile, then your pass rush plan may not be send a bunch of pass rushers. It may be, don't worry as much about keeping your lanes. All right, we're going to go back to the offensive line. Patty says, Jackson Carmen or an 80% Jonah, if he can go, what gives the Bengals the better upside against a rusher of the quality of Frank Clark? Can they max Bolson contain Chris Jones? Basically, how worried should I be about the offensive line against Kansas City? We brought it up. I would go 80% Jonah, um, personally. I just think you, you play your guys. And maybe you have a little short leash. Maybe you're saying, like, if he doesn't look 80%, because I think 80% of Jonah would be fine in this game. Um, but if he doesn't look 80%, if he goes out there and he looks like 60%, he's losing a couple reps. Like, maybe you go, like, hey, John, get, get over. this isn't about you. This is about, I'm not sure your, your leg is going to give us, it's kind of holding us back. Let's put Carmen out there and get you ready for the Super Bowl type thing. I know you have to get guys, it, because that would be an upgrade. Like, 60% Jonah, if Carmen does what he does, did last week then karma's an upgrade 80 percent. i don't know um but yeah and um as for sharping and volson containing jones i thought volson did a good job in the week 13 match against jones of executing the game plan they're gonna they're gonna have a game plan for jones because jones is the only really really good pass rusher they have it's not a von miller plus aaron donald situation so i think you slide to jones basically every single time have a plan for him I'll probably get more into that in the preview, but uh, I, I always like their plan against Chris Jones. I don't think he should take over the game, but sometimes he is that type of like an Aaron Donald where you could have a game plan and he still beats it. Like you're sliding to him every rep. Every time you're in pass protection, you're sliding to him and you're trapping him. You're doing all this other stuff and he just beats it. Like he just, you know, the slide works if your guard can get full in front uh, face to face with the, uh, defensive tackle, or if you can get to the outside of the defensive tackle and force him and funnel him to the center to help. But I saw Chris Jones split those double teams before, and I've seen him get outside those double teams before. So it is not impossible for Jones to beat those. 
one of the things that I've noticed on social media when it comes to this offensive line talk, the Jonah versus Jackson Carmen, a lot of people are like, well, put Jackson Carmen out there. And then if he starts to struggle, put Jonah out there. And I think that really throws a game plan for your offensive line when you're going to roll with the guys who you feel confident on on game day. You're not going to be like, well, we'll give him some time. And then if he looks like he's struggling, we'll switch it out and put Jonah out there. Jonah can go. I actually think the opposite, too. Like it, it, Do you to really? Me, it, yeah, I think Jonah go. And then if he actually looks – like the injuries holding him back more than you think, then pull him. I, I don't think you put Carmen in there and pull him if he looks bad, because if Carmen looks bad and you pull him, then Jonah goes out there and he still looks injured. You're kind of like, Carmen, you want to go back out there after we restore your confidence? <laughs> so you say put Jonah out there and then if, if Jonah could go. Was- See, I was flip-flopping it where say Jonah was 70 to 80% and Jonah didn't start and they put yeah, Jackson. I think that's what the there. fans have been saying yeah. too, like what yeah. they would do. But I just think that that would be that's that's a that's a tough that's a tough pull to be like. You really okay. want whoever to go out there to just start the whole game? Yeah, I, I think that would be very questionable. I still think we watched it all season long when it comes to injuries and how the staff treats them. If Jonah doesn't, I mean, if you're looking at the seventy to eighty percent, maybe yeah, he goes. But even if it's right around there, they might just hold out and be like, "Look, Jackson." Here you go. Here you go. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be different than the snow in Buffalo. Uh, we'll go to Botch. He says, Sands, where has T been? <laughs> Drawing a pass interference? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, they face some, some tough secondaries, defenses in general. Like, they're, they're the Ravens and the Bills both have good pass defenses. And really, the Bengals didn't need to throw the ball much in that second half. So, I think he has underwhelmed a little bit. I also think he's been fine. Like if you watch him, I don't think he's looked bad. And he had the pass interference last week that he was able to draw, get like a 50 yard gain out of, and uh, maybe less than that, maybe 30. I don't remember. And then also he had the um, two weeks ago against the Ravens, not the wild card round, I guess three weeks ago. I don't know. Uh, Not the wild card round, but the last week of the season, he had a walk in, not a walk-in. He had a wide open in the end zone, 20 yards of separation touchdown and Burrow missed him. So we're not talking, we're not having this conversation. If those things hit, I think there's always some luck involved with these type of things. And T didn't come down with the 50, 50 balls in the wild card round. I think that also is in people's mind. Like he should have, but the one Marcus Peters hit him in the face as he was trying to catch it. And the other, he just didn't catch it. It was a really those back shoulders to me are like 80, 20, but he did. That was a 20%. It, it wasn't an interception or anything. He just didn't come down with it. So, yeah, I think you could be a little bit upset about the uh, production, but I also think he's looked fine. Like, I don't think this is something you really need to be worried about. I think this is going to be a T. Higgins game. If you go back and look, obviously the game plan is going to change. I'm not getting into my prediction, but just to kind of base it off of what question we were just asked about T. Higgins is you go and watch that final drive pretty much in the second half of the game, what T Higgins was able to do. And he kind of felt like their, their main weapon. Um, obviously Jamar Chase, they knew what happened in round one last year in that matchup, but I just feel like it's going to be T Higgins. Um, I feel like we will, he will, he will get in the end zone and this will be kind of a, a Higgins game because of all the concentration on Jamar Chase, because they don't want to learn the hard way. Uh, Bengals bubs and, and defending uh, T Higgins, it'd probably be smart too, if I was Kansas city, but Hey, I don't mind. Leave, leave them, leave them wide open. Bengals Bub says, since the Bengals do control Mother Nature after last week, should we dial up snow again or maybe rain for this weekend's game? Snow, not rain. If you're gonna dial up one, I'd dial up the snow. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. 
messed the footing up a little bit. That's I think it helped last week. Uh, they obviously don't control the weather. They're going to be in white again. I love it. I love everything <laughs> so, about going white again. They're they're good in white. They are good. If, in if you're doing something, if you're going to call upon one of the gods, it's the snow god, not the rain god. Make sure you get your dance right. No, I I love everything about going white in this game. They did it last year for the AFC Championship. They play well in white. And the thing about uh, the conditions they're playing in, Joe Burrow told the team today, hey, we're practicing out in the elements. We're not going to go to our little bubble because right now you're in week 21. You're just trying to, you know, keep bodies right. You have a big game. You're not going to go full go of practice. But he said, nope. We're going outside. We're practicing. It's been cold in Cincinnati. It's going to be in the 20s, maybe high 20s, low 20s for the game in Kansas City. And uh, Kansas City, they've been practicing in their uh, practice facility. They've been indoors. Cincinnati said no way. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's something to keep an eye on when it comes to the what? No, Joe Burrow is good when it's 35 degrees or below. So just grew up in it. Yeah, I mean, he's from Ohio. There, I was listening to something today, and they go, well, he did play at LSU, and it gets really hot out there. And they're like, do you know he's from Ohio? Like, this is – what are you talking about? Jamar Chase looked fine in the cold, too. So. He did, and that made me so happy. If you see, um, if you go to their social media, it's actually T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, talking about the cold, and T's like, you know, snow is for every um, – is, isn't for everybody, and I'm one of those everybodies. Uh, he's like, I don't want to do snow angels. I'm not getting on the ground. This is my first snow game, and Jamar Chase looked at him because this is my first snow game too. Um, and I thought the receivers, uh, they did pretty well in, in, in the snow game. So that's something to watch out for. I don't think it, they're calling for snow uh, for this game, and they won't have it if they make it to Phoenix because it's indoors. Uh, so just one more, one more cold game for them. But uh, thank you as always, everybody who sent plenty of questions this week and we appreciate it. Hopefully we are talking Super Bowl next week, pregame, postgame, all that fun stuff. But we have one more segment next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. You'll hear our predictions for the AFC Championship Week and what is going to happen in the NFC game next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This, this. Is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on it's always game day in Cincinnati. Prediction time. The week is here. The season's flying by. Postseason's flying by. But it's AFC Championship weekend. Cincinnati, Kansas City. Deja vu at Arrowhead Stadium. What is going to happen in this game, Mike? Oh, look. <laughs> I'm not going to play the uh, – I feel like normally I try to do like the whole like, oh, maybe I'm playing both sides. I think the Bengals win. And one reason is I can't go against my preseason prediction at this point. We are too far in. <laughs> but the other reason, look, I thought it was hard to go 3-0 against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's why I picked the Chiefs to win that game. Yes, it's very hard to go 4-0 against that team, but it was hard to go 3-0. <laughs> so like, I think they match up well. I, I think the Trey Hendrickson-Orlando Brown mismatch has been huge every single game that they've won. Uh, he's always getting pressure, even on these three-man rushes. And I know Joe Tooney's there to give a little extra help. Only so much you could do as a guard, though. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to always stop the one-on-one -on -one matchup that's happening over there. So he consistently gets at least like four maybe five pressures a game. And now Pat can't move as well. I know his ankle injury might not be as bad as people thought. He still looked a little hobbled when he played, and I assume that's probably going to be a little bit how he looks, even if it's better in the in the game. So I think Trey Anderson's going to be a big piece of getting pressure on Mahomes, getting a few sacks, ending drives that way. 
I think the Chiefs are going to be more aggressive than they were in the last game because what I'm reminded of is the Chiefs kicking that field goal on fourth down and five. It was somewhere where like it made sense to kick it normally, but you've lost three in a row against this team now, so you're going to have to get aggressive. You're going to almost have to play like the underdog a little bit, which is weird for the Kansas City Chiefs to do. I also think the Bengals need to play like the underdog a little bit and not take those field goals. Like this is a shootout. This is – you know, two awesome offenses, maybe the two best offenses in the NFL going at it. Uh, yeah, I think the keys to the game really are, can Trey Hendrickson really dominate that matchup again? Can they slow down Kelsey? They do a pretty good job of that. They're going to, their plan it seems to always be hit him at the line, have a guy hit him at the second level, and then always rally and tackle on him. Can you get a key turnover? These are the big things. Bengals could lose this game easily. I have it in my mind, a 55-45 split, and I think the Bengals should be favored. When the quarterback of the opposite team is a little bit hurt and they don't have, like, amazing skill players to match up for it, they've got Kelsey and then a bunch of fast dudes and Juju. Uh, so, I don't know. In my mind, I don't think this Chiefs defense is going to be able to stop the Bengals' offense. They haven't in three matchups, and I think the Bengals' defense can do just enough, just enough to slow them down and – not rattle Pat. I think we're past that. I don't I don't think Lou's gonna be able to do what he did last year to him, but slow him down. Get the extra punt, get the extra turnover type thing. So that's what I'm doing. I I I guess I will say I think they're going for touchdowns. I'm gonna say 31-28. Not a lot of field goals this game. Uh Bengals win. Yeah, I uh I think it's gonna be in the 20s. I'll just give my score right now 27-24. I think it's gonna be Cincinnati for a couple reasons. Yes, trying to beat a team four times in a row is really difficult. But at the same time, I think hearing from head coach Zach Taylor earlier this week, and he did, he said it. You you only have to win one more time. You don't have to beat them four more times. You have to beat them one more time. And and one of the biggest games, Joe Burrow has played in these environments. He played at Arrowhead last year, and that's one of the big things. The fear, you hear how loud it is, and it is gonna be a tough place to play. But I think offensively, the way this team is rolling. They're even better than they were in that December game where they really felt like they got off to a great start. They were up 14 to three. And that's going to be the biggest thing here. If you lose the coin toss, you might get the opportunity to go drive down and score a touchdown and control this game. Can you run the ball again? I think you take advantage of this red zone defense with Kansas City and this team is going to be able to put up points. I like the offense. I don't think they get in the 30s. And defensively, look, Patrick Mahomes, all the reports about the ankle seems like he's moving pretty well, but it's different during game time. It's going to be cold out there for that game. Is he going to be the same Patrick Mahomes we normally see in other games? I'm sure he's going to have his moments. They're going to try to contain Travis Kelsey, something that I don't know what the Jags were doing when they were playing them, why that wasn't the main focus. And the good news, Trey Flowers, who's normally on him, was back at practice full go today. And I think that's going to be extremely important on the defensive side. I think it's going to be another close game. But I agree. Um, it, it is a toss-up. Will I be surprised if Cincinnati loses to Kansas City at Arrowhead? Not at all. It, it's a 50-50 game for me right now. Um, an extremely close game, too, with the best teams, as you mentioned, when it comes to the offenses in the NFL. And I think we'll see these teams face each other in January a lot in the future. So, yeah. I'm going 27-24, a familiar score we have seen in the past with uh, these two teams, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and I'm actually really pumped about it. But, Nick, our producer, what is going to Has happen? Has he learned this? his lesson? I have learned my lesson, but I also think it's going to be a very good game, just simply because if I was against the Chiefs last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, it boils down to the fact that when I look at this game, 
Patrick Mahomes being hobbled doesn't worry me all that much because of the offensive minds that the Kansas City Chiefs have. I mean, Andy Reid slash Eric Bieniemy versus Lou Anarumo might be the coaching matchup of the decade right now. And I really think that that's going to be, you know, the main key is can the Bengals defense get after Patrick Mahomes like they got after Josh Allen? I think the obvious answer is it's going to be difficult because the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line is miles better than what the Buffalo Bills were, especially last week with the way that the weather was. So that's going to be a good matchup there. And I also don't think that the Chiefs are going to have an answer for Joe Burrow, because if you look at what Burrow was able to do when he dropped back and then took that first pass, he stepped up in the pocket and made that first pass last Sunday against the Bills. I just looked to my left to the guy I was watching the game with, and I said, this game is not going to end up being close because of the way that he is out there slinging the ball in this first uh, drive. I have no faith that this Bills defense is going to be able to slow them down. I'm not sure if the Chiefs are going to be able to do it either. So I see this as a very high-scoring game, but I don't think the defenses are going to play poorly. I just think those offenses are that overpowering that I see a 38-35 win for the Cincinnati Bengals. Whoa, every NFL fan wants to see that offense. Uh, I love everything about it. Joe Burrow said in his press conference Wednesday, he goes out there and he plays with no emotion. And you saw when he went out there with the snow, the visual before the Buffalo Bills game, and you're like, this guy's going to go out there and and dominate. And he did. He's January Joe. January Joe in that game. And uh, we're all picking the Bengals. What could go wrong? Uh, they could end up. A lot, a lot. Uh, but yeah, no, it should be a good one. I'm really pumped about it. Like I told Mike, I actually wish it was the flip-flop they were playing at 3.30. But before the game, to settle everybody's nerves, we'll get to watch a great matchup in the NFC. Nick, I'll actually go back to you to start this matchup with the Niners and the Eagles. What is going to happen in this game? This one's very tough to predict. I mean, both teams are extremely talented. I think both lines on either side of the ball are extremely talented. That might be the best matchup that we see in that one is the defensive line and the front for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles against the offensive line, I feel like, for the San Francisco 49ers and even vice versa. But it's just hard to back Brock Purdy going into Philadelphia, being able to do it in the NFC Championship. But at the same time, I think about well, they should have won the NFC Championship last year, and how much better is Jimmy Garoppolo? His decision-making, yes, a little bit better, but I still feel like this is going to be a game that comes down to maybe a last-second field goal. For that reason, I still am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles, though, just because when you look at that team, they're just built from the starting quarterback throughout the 55th man and the 53rd man on the roster. I think that those guys on that side are just extremely motivated to go out there in Philadelphia and win, and if there's a tougher place to play than Philadelphia. I haven't found it. So I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles in that one. Mike, what's going to go down? We know what I'm picking. I know who you're picking too. <laughs> fly Eagles fly. This is, this is not the matchup I prefer for the Bengals if they make the Super Bowl, but I think they're the better team. And um, this is my preseason prediction. I got to go with that. I got to roll with it. Uh, yeah. The, the quarterback, I think is the big deal here. And can the Eagles, and their defensive coordinator, I'm, I'm blanking on – is that Jonathan Gannon? Um, he is getting all these head coaching interviews, and he's doing a really good job. And they have the corners that can match with, like, a Debo Samuel and a Brandon Ayuk. Can they match the death lineup that the 49ers can throw out there where Brock Purdy has Juszczyk and McCaffrey, Samuel Kittle, and um, Debo? I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> but uh, the opposite side, man, that's one of the best – defensive lines against the best offensive line um jason kelsey against the interior of that 
49ers line, I think could be a mismatch a bit. I love Landon Dickerson when he was getting drafted, and he's a very good pro now. Uh, Sayo Malo has to be the best fifth best starter on any offensive line <laughs> like to get a guy that's still solid to pretty good as your worst starting offensive lineman. That's awesome. I don't think the 49ers have that luxury, and the, the Eagles have deeper depth on their defensive line at the high end there. So to me, I think it's a close game, and I'm not going to be surprised if the 49ers win. But the thing that just leans me more to the 49ers, to the Eagles, is just I think they're a more complete team. And some of that comes with the most important position in football. How long can Purdy keep it up? Uh, I think he's played pretty well. Mm -hmm. I also think he's had a few drop interceptions. And I think Dallas did a good job against him. If you score like 19 points in this game, you're going to lose. <laughs> That's as easy as that is. Uh, but I don't think Hurts is throwing two interceptions plus, And I think the Eagles run game is going to be pretty good in this game. It'll be fun though. I want to see as many reps of Trent or as, as uh, on Nick Bosa on the right side against Lane Johnson and then Jason Kelsey getting up to Fred Warner as possible. Cause I think those will be awesome matchups. And then also can the 49ers tackle AJ Brown if he gets open in space? I don't think they have the best corners or safeties. They, they're built up, you know, up the front. Yeah. I'll make this short and sweet. If the Bengals, you know, they obviously play the late game and you get this game first. So you really don't have a choice what's going to happen in this game. But uh, I would say I would want the Niners because I love the story. Uh, I would love to see these two teams facing if Cincinnati beat the Kansas City Chiefs. If, if, if. Uh, but I agree when it comes to the most important position in football, Brock Purdy. Nice little run. Nice little run second half of the season. Legit talent when it comes to these weapons. I think Christian McCaffrey, who hasn't been practicing this week, but he'll be out there. And he was dealing with a groin injury. Um, still an important part of this offense. I like what they're doing on defense, but if you were looking at the overall picture when it comes to offense, defense, playmakers, quarterback, you got to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be at home for them, just the way they've been rolling all season long. Um, they don't really skip a beat. Even when Jalen Hurts wasn't out there, they they still were uh, moving, moving right along. So I like what I see with the Eagles. I'm going to go Eagles, and I think it's going to be Eagles-Cincinnati in the Super Bowl, and that is a tough, tough matchup for the AFC yeah. side. Yeah. Um the link, man, like going into there as a rookie quarterback with those battery throwing fans. That is <laughs> that jail there, right? <laughs> what they do jail there. Yeah. I'm well, I mean, sure. they have to, right. <laughs> with those fans, you have to. Um, all right. So question I've asked it before who throws for more yards, Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. It's interesting because the over-unders are right now basically identical because Mahomes got a bump from three yards yesterday, but I still think it's going to end up being Joe Burrow. Really? Okay. I think Pacheco has a better game than Mixon. I think that's definitely possible. It has nothing to do with the Bengals' run defense and everything mm -hmm. to do with what the Bengals do with their defense when they play the Chiefs, which is I don't care about if you're going to run the ball. They played a four-man box on third and three and got away with it <laughs> in the in the AFC Championship game last year. So, yeah, I'm also going to go um, – I'm a good Joe Burrow. I, I normally lean the other way just because I think that uh, the Bengals, they can get a run game going type thing. But that, I think Joe Burrow leads this one. Who? Okay. Um, uh, uh, who is sacked more between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes? This is a really good question. I'm going to say 
Bengals fans are going to kill me. I'm going to say Joe Burrow. And the only reason I say that is because I see Joe trying to maybe get out of some of the pressure. Cause like I said, Chris Jones can, he can mess up a game plan. And I think he might take some that might, might be on JV a little bit. I'm going on the other side. I think it's Mahomes. I don't know what his mobility is going to look like, but I do know what Joe Burrow's mobility is going to look like. And it has been in interesting and definitely impressive this entire playoff run. So I think it's going to be Mahomes. I agree with Nick again. <laughs> I think Mahomes is the one that gets that. Hey, look at your jinxing everything. I, I hope it's not Joe Burrow. I hope it's not <laughs> Mahomes. But, you know, I got to go I gotta go on the other side and uh, mess things up a little bit. All right. Which uh, our last one is just who do you think – We'll go with just the Bengals side. Who do you think gets a turnover if there is one? Who forces it? Cincinnati. No, I'm player. Oh. <laughs> I said on the Bengals side. Who gets it from the Bengals? Cincinnati. <laughs> Those Bengals. It's the only team to get the turnover. Um, oh, ooh, Eli Apple. I'm going for it all. I'm going oh, for it all. Eli Apple, he almost had it in the last he game. He would have had a pick six in overtime. Do you know how awesome that would have been for Twitter? No I was. I was going to say the exact same thing. Eli Apple's the first name that came to mind because I wanted to go scorched earth with the answer on that one. <laughs> I'll I mean, I'm to to burn. I've got, I've got two guys in mind, but I will I will roll with uh, Jesse Bates. Swan song. January Jesse. Jesse yeah. Wary. Jesse Wary. You're right. I also right. think Logan Wilson hasn't had a turnover in a while, and uh, he is a little bit of a ball magnet, so it could be him. It could be nobody, too. I think this game could end up being both offenses are super efficient type thing. It, you know what it feels like? A tip pass somewhere. It really They've does. tipped a lot of passes lately. It just feels like a tip pass. They should be illegal, uh, as Joe Burrow has said in the past. Kate Manning <laughs> said that too. They're kind of annoying. And it does, it feels like it feels like old friend Carlos Dunlap will get his hand on one of those balls. Oh, you think so? Yeah. All right. So that's where I'm at. That's everything, guys. Bengals fans will blow up if Carlos Dunlap tips a pass and somebody picks it off. Oh, if Willie Gay picks it off, imagine, imagine. Yeah. The meltdown no, you know what? Let's, get good Let's get good vibes to end this good show. Good vibes. Jesse Bates interception to end the game, just like oh, yeah. he did last year for the most part. Bomb doesn't want to catch it, but he made the play. Logan Wilson tips it up. Jesse Bates right there gets it, runs it back for the game winning go ahead score to end the game. Bengals take one and Arrowhead again, and we can officially call it for Arrowhead. Make sure you turn the lights out when they're done. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just looking into the future. Uh, no, this weekend's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really pumped. Championship weekend. I think I say it every week during the playoffs. Oh, wow. Cards the best. Division rounds the best. Championship weekend. You can't beat it. These are four of the best teams in the in the playoffs right now, obviously. But just overall in the NFL, I said that wrong. Of course, they're the best teams in the playoffs because here they are, the only four teams. But the best teams in the NFL playing on the, on the final weekend is always really fun to watch. We love to see it. Cincinnati, Kansas City with a late one, 630. You get Eagles, Niners, 330 on the road for the Niners. Going to be a good one. I can't wait to watch them. Hopefully we're right with these picks. I mean, I don't want I don't want to flip-flop anything. But what's up on all Bengals this week? Just going to do a quick article on what the Chiefs offense looked like um, after the Mahomes injury and what the Jaguars tried to do. Make sure you check it out over on Twitter. You can follow along. Bengals underscore Sands at LNDS Patterson. Thank you as always for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.